This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Hello everyone, Mike Hal here. A portion of today's episode deals with the loss of a beloved, furry member of the TOFOP family. If this conversation does not suit you, for whatever reason, please advance to time code 3217. The content on the other side is worth it, all the way to the hilarious, broken end. Thank you for listening. Valet Jr. Rossages. This is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Uh, you know what, that was smooth. It is recording, the big red button <laughs> that means record is actually on. We have checked that, you faded me down, you faded me up. Yep. Uh, you were bored by listening to our theme song. I know. I you feel know. like you've made a massive mistake. A massive mistake. I was Do you think that people at home listen to the theme song? Like, when, give it, Let us know on the Facebook page or, or whatever, but if, if you actually skip through. Well, think of your favourite podcast. Do you listen yeah. to the theme or do I you do. skip? Yeah, Mostly, me too. Yeah. I get excited when I hear certain themes of certain podcasts. Yeah, I, I don't – yeah, I wouldn't listen to most of them. In fact, I like when the podcast does a refresh, though, I must say. Of the theme? Yeah, like the dollop, for example, like, you know, has yeah. done the occasional refresh, refresh of their theme with new quotes and stuff and I, I quite like that I'm like oh this and like the Neighbours theme you know Neighbours are always yeah, updating so there. it's the same melody yeah. but just like a cover version yeah. so that's what you want you don't want a, a new theme no because we've had two different themes yeah. in our time we, yeah, yeah. And, but this one's simpler yeah. and yeah I think I know I'm into this theme but I do like I'm just saying in other podcasts that I listen to occasionally I like when they refresh the theme like Neighbours the TV show the famous yeah. Australian TV show um have you ever been on Neighbours? Yeah. Where, who did you play on Neighbours? Um, I was a pyromaniac firefighter. <laughs> Very topical. <laughs> Very topical. It's a bit on the nose, really, yeah. for us to talk about that. I know. But every year... When I was I, voted Villain of the Year in uh, UK Soap Magazine. Are you serious? I believe I was, yeah. I mean, the irony of the UK having a soap magazine. I <laughs> 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 take that. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't even know if we have any English listeners. I mean, surely we have some that I've now just burnt with my <laughs> sweet, <laughs> sweet English people don't use soap material. Um, uh, so I, um, yeah, I like that neighbours occasionally will rejazz their theme. Do Home and Away do that? Do yeah, Home, Home and Away, away do an just, update, update. Yeah, they took the lyrics out, so it's just it's like a jingle now. Oh, they don't do you know we belong. No, they haven't together. done that for a while. It's just it's just. Um, you I mean, I actually can't even think of what it is. I never really sort of watched it, but from what I know, I know what the, I know what the words are. The words are gone. It's an instrumental now. I believe it's a rap version. 
Cause from the very first moment I saw you Ooh. I never felt such emotion Can we not do this? I'm what if I sang the Gruen theme to you? Which I have no idea Just how that goes know. Just to know <laughs> you are there Hold me in your arms Don't let me go I want to stay forever Closer each day Home and away Is that gauche? I was on the show. For me to be singing the thing, that's kind of... I crazy. have not... I mean... If you all, saw all Harrison respect, Ford going... Dun, 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 would you I like would that admire that. <laughs> I would you like, just saw Harrison Ford walking down the street. If Harrison Ford rocked into a party with his fucking diamond earring in one ear, stoned, bloodshot eyes... Calista Flockhart on one arm and he just had a ghetto blaster on his other shoulder <laughs> belting out the Indiana Jones theme, I would say respect Harrison Ford. <laughs> respect. I watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, last night, actually. I haven't watched it in a long time. It's a really good film. It's really... It, I'd forgotten how funny it is. It's more... It's the most comedic of all those three Indiana Jones films. Last Crusade's River Phoenix, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. I like that movie too. I have not watched it again in... I probably haven't seen that in over 10 years, but I remember enjoying it when I first saw it. So the reason we watched it, and probably something that was worth addressing, is so uh, a lot of people have contacted me uh, to uh, share their condolences for Junior, so if you haven't heard, uh, bad news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Junior did not beat cancer. No. Uh, a lot of people have contacted me to go, this podcast is now a fucking bummer. <laughs> and I can't listen to it anymore. Well, trigger warning. If anyone is uh, is got a sick pet or doesn't like hearing about pets being sick, maybe tune out. Mike Howell can probably time code this because we're going to talk about a sick pet for yeah. a bit. Weirdly, I think we had the we've we've had already had a, a big discussion around this. So, I mean, I guess it, what, it, in some ways it wasn't a surprise, although it came no. a lot quicker than yeah, you know. Well, I think what so uh, what happened was uh, if you haven't listened to the, to the previous episodes. Junior, um, they found a tumor in his heart. The vet said there's no really way of knowing how he's going to, how ill he's going to get. But you'll probably notice his episodes are going to get closer together. So he had that first episode before my kid was born, and then it's been about four weeks since then. But last weekend, um, the day before we recorded the bonus episode, I came around and I was like, oh yeah, Junior was yep. acting a bit sick, and then he went off a cliff very quickly. And uh, it was a very he wasn't in pain really for that long. He was just no energy. Couldn't keep food down. And so... Uh, in some ways, it was like you got a good, that period of time where he felt a bit better again. Mm. And then really quickly you found out that he wasn't... Like, you know, which yeah. in some ways is quite merciful. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it was, it was weird. Like, my mother, when she was going through cancer, it was a similar thing where she was on cancer treatment. And the, it was actually the medication that was making her really ill. Yeah. And then once we took her off the medication, she had an upswing of about two months where she was riding her bike again and she had an appetite and everything was great. And I have the same at attitude to vaccinating children, of course. You know. <laughs> yeah. Gave her some apple cider vinegar. It's fine. Sent her to Bone school. <laughs> You're like, she's had measles. Everything will be fine. Uh, and so she had an uptick. And then when the drop-off comes, it's really quick. So, you know, mum, I was like with mum the weekend before she died and like we had a great weekend, and then I, when my sister called me the next day, I, I almost couldn't believe she was talking about the same woman because yeah. what my sister was experiencing was like the complete opposite. And Junior was kind of the same. Like we had this three weeks after we took him off the medication, where he was 
back of himself. He was on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. And you saw him? Well, when I saw him, he was like, I mean, he wasn't at his best, but he was. He was old, but he was No, he was friendly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on the weekend, he just took a turn where he actually had another episode where he kind of, his legs went and he threw up. And then we never really got him back. He just kind of, he just got weaker and weaker. And so we initially were going to give him, like we booked the the vets to come around. We thought we'll give him a week and that way if he, comes back again, yeah. then we can cancel it easily enough. Yeah. Um, but after a couple of days, I got up really early one morning and he was he was not well. And I just sort of said to Jim, I think we need to get the vet today. And it was nice actually because we got to spend the morning with him and we played music and we just made it a bit of a, not a celebration, but just like a send-off and it, a lot of kisses and cuddles and stuff. And um, Jim couldn't be there for it. Um but I got to sort of stay with him right until the end and it was really quick. It was, you know, they basically, they put him to sleep and then they give him an injection and he's gone. And you may hear my voice. I've never cried <laughs> as hard as I did once the vet left. They were very, they were great, super professional, super respectful. But once, because they sort of were saying to me, how much time do you want? And I said, look, I just... I just think I want it over and done with it. Like, I don't want to draw this out or... Because they were saying at any stage prior to the euthanasia, like, once they sedate him, we can we can stay with him as long. But I was like, I just think because he was... Breathing was laboured and he just was ill. Let's make it quick. Yeah. And after um, after he after he passed, I sort of stayed with him for a bit and I did a, I had a little ink pad and so I took little paw prints, made a little, just a little memento... I was going to say you can frame him for crimes. Yeah, obviously. exactly. Just, I mean, there's a few cold cases <laughs> around just, the area. Just need to leave these prints. There's <laughs> definitely a dog that done it. Yeah. Uh, and so they were just waiting in the next room and then I said, look, you can come take him. So they wrapped him up and um, I was really trying to hold it together and the vet, was, <laughs> she said, do you want a hug? And I was like, no, no, no. And she's like, okay, sorry. She's going, Some people want a hug. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And then she left, and then as soon as she left, I just like collapsed, and I called Jem, and I was distraught, and it was it was it was really hard. I'll be honest with you, um, just because even though you know it's coming, dogs are so um, omnipresent. You know, you just yeah. once they're gone, like you feel it straight away. So the the couple of days after that were really tough. I feel quite, I've like I've sort of. I've, I've passed a milestone so far, which is like I've done everything now that I used to do with him. That So all those things, like I've done the walks, you know, cooked dinner that I would make for him, all that kind of stuff. I've gotten rid of some of his, his stuff and I feel like, okay, so that first, you know, that, that step is through. The next thing is to kind of scatter his ashes and then, um, you know, we want to kind of just compile some photos and all that kind of stuff. But I was saying to you off air, in looking through the photos, it really made me realise how ready to go he was because you see your dog every day and you don't notice how no. sick they're getting because you just it's like it's like increments. But well, it's like also like anyone, if someone's lost weight, put on weight, if you see them all the time, you're less likely to notice it than somebody who hasn't. And, you know, well, yeah. Junior was, like you said, omnipresent in your life. He yeah. was everywhere. It's not like you... You didn't even go away for considerable periods of time, really, where you wouldn't see him. Yeah, we, we took him, you know, because of the nature of what we do for work, we can take our dog to work. And so, you know, we we had him everywhere. And so there's a lot of things that reminded me of him. And, you know, 
where I live. It's a real village type area. So all the shop owners know him and stuff. So there yeah. was that next stage was to go around and let everyone know why Junior wasn't coming down to get, you know, coffee with me in the morning and stuff. Um, but going through the photos and seeing just how even two years ago. Did you mention it to the woman in the news agents who hates us because of the podcast. Do you think it's time to get some <laughs> some emotional blackmail? I was just, just to get like, come in and go, one back? hey, look, lady, are we cool now? Because <laughs> My dog's dead. My dog's dead. So and I'm not saying I draw a direct line between <laughs> the fax incident. And he, never, he never recovered. He never recovered. He cancelled the fax. Favourite thing was getting faxes. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, look, it's been, it's been really hard. I was surprised by just how hard it was going to be. I th- Why do you think that because I can't imagine, like I just, um, like, you know, I tried to, we try to make some jokes here because we don't want this podcast to be super depressing, super depressing. But like, you know, when you're speaking about that, like I, I am in pain for you and for Jem and I am in pain for, cause it's just natural when you have your own animals to put yourself in that situation as well. I mean, yeah. that night it was what Wednesday last week, Wednesday, wasn't yeah. it? And, um, you know, Amy's away and, you know, you told me and I had to, you know, contact her overseas to make sure that she found out, you know, from me rather than, you social know, media social media or whatever. And, and you know, she was obviously, you know, she loved him, you know, and she loves animals well, so Amy much. Well, Amy and Gemma found well, him. Found him, yeah. She was yeah. there the day that you guys, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah her and Gem found him. So yeah. she certainly, you know, was really upset about it and I was, you know, I had to fly and, um, uh you know, you're trying to hold it together at the airport, you know, and because also the other thing is like, if I were crying at an airport and somebody came up to me and said like, well, I don't know, my friend's dog died, I guess, like when <laughs> I say it out count? loud, it doesn't, but, you know, that night when I got home, all I know is that I, you know, just, yeah, hugged our dog so hard and the next morning I literally slept in an hour longer than I would because when I woke up in the morning I had a dog under each mm. arm and I was like, I'm cu- I messaged work and said I'm coming in an hour late because I just wanted to lay in bed with the dogs and like actually yeah. just be in that moment and enjoy having them because you, of course your heart goes to that that place of, you know, feeling your pain, knowing how integral he was to your world and your life and feeling yeah. sad for you, feeling sad that, you know, like he was... I was talking to Amy about it that he was the first pet dog that I had in my life, Junior. Like before that, I wasn't really a pet dog person. No, we you, had, didn't, you didn't like dogs. No, because we had working dogs on the farm and it just was not like, yeah, that's, that's the role that dogs had in your world. So Junior was like, you know, and early on I was like, you know, not fussed one way <laughs> or the other. We had the cats and I liked the cats and, you know, Junior was the first dog that I really got to – no, in a pet sense, and I probably wouldn't have my own pet dogs if it weren't for Junior, you know. Yeah. So, like, he always liked to get in your lap. Like, if he really liked around, to get in my lap, it was like it was, yeah. he probably knew, like, I think yeah. he knew he had to work a bit yeah. harder. He wore me you. down, yeah. he got me though. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was a real nod to stalkers who were like, I'll wear him <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> he negged you, he did. He started by like, negging you, then smothered yeah. you, and then destabilized yeah. your other relationships. No, I have a really <laughs> specific memory of the night that I kind of like gave into. Like, you know, sitting on your couch at your old place and, uh, and like, him just sitting on my lap. And I, I can't remember even what the, the, the rest of the night was, but I have this very distinct mm. memory of, like, that being the night where, like, Junior spent the entire night you know, laying on my lap and I was kind of like... I remember that being quite a, a turning point in my life about, you know, the attitude that I have to, you know, mm. dogs as pets now. And and so I was, I was feeling all that. But when I'm feeling all that, 
like the thing you know as a human being is like it, it comes back to knowing that you know that you and Jem are just going to be feeling that on a scale that is incomparable to how I'm feeling it. And you, in that mm-hmm. moment, you're like, God, I feel like you know. Every time I've spoken to you, I just like there's half of you that's like, I don't want to have to, I don't want to ask every time because I don't want to like if you're having a nice moment, not thinking about it. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to ask every time because, yeah. like, I know that you would be thinking about it all the time. I, I mean, I like talking about it. I mean, I and you know. Jem's different, you know. She's much more internalizing it, and, and that's fine. But it's I, like, Jem is like, we've never had a dog. Like, <laughs> what I don't are know you what talking, you're talking about? about? It's a beautiful mind. Yeah, <laughs> the like, dogs. I'm sorry, a beautiful hound. Yeah. Um, but no, I really because one of the nice things that's happened is the amount of people who contacted me, you know, predominantly dog owners, to share their stories of dogs that they own or dogs that they have owned, and that university, that universality, or was it? What's the word? The the universal universality. Experience the universal experience of being a dog owner and what that means. And nearly everyone who has lost a dog has said, you know, even if it's 10 years ago, I had yeah. people contact me saying they had a dog when they were a teenager, they're in their 40s now. Yeah. And they still think about that dog at least once a week because the bond is so strong. And I'd never had a pet before, you know, Junior. I mean, yeah. we'd had a family cat, but he was much more my sister's, my, all my sister's cat. He didn't really care for me. But And you were the youngest. You were the pet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been a pet. in a cage, yeah. fed me gruel. You've been the bottom of the rung, <laughs> right? Yeah. Finally, you had someone who was below you on the rung. I don't know how your pets are treated, but Junior yeah. was not the bottom of the rung. No, <laughs> I'm I sure he absolutely ran understand that. And yeah. I understand that I am still the bottom of the rung yeah, in my house. Exactly. Also, yes. uh, so, yeah. like, the dogs aren't making beef food. <laughs> <laughs> so that relationship is like something that, um, you know, it, it's, that, it's just that, 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 that having, it's like losing a limb. Because everything, you know, first thing you see when you wake up, you know, first person you see when you come home. Gemma and I often travel separately for work a lot. So, you know, we're, we're Like home the royal alone. family. What do you mean? Yeah, well, you know, the royal family always travel separately. Oh, so because if one dies. Yeah, if one dies, yeah. it doesn't ruin the... That's Not for that reason. <laughs> Gemma normally flies business class. <laughs> uh, and when I say I fly, I mean I drive. <laughs> But I used to do this thing every time, like Gemma was away for six weeks this year shooting in Canada. And so every morning I'd take a photo of me. Bears, shooting bears, right? Yeah, shooting yeah. bears. <laughs> loves <laughs> hunting. Marmots, bears. Um, moose, loves a moose, loves to shoot a moose. Elk, Sasquatch. Your house is literally made of antlers. <laughs> Just looks like yeah. Norman Bates's house. Psychosis, yeah. <laughs> taxidermed, moose, bears, meese. Um, yeah, so you know, every morning I would send Jem a photo of me and Junior, and so, like, it it, it is like losing a child, it, it, and and almost like better than a child because you've had no chance. <laughs> a bit too early for Iona to hear this commentary. <laughs> she, she won't. She can't. She won't understand. But just that that thing of, um, you know, the the connection you form is is entirely of your projection. Um, you know, you that the the dog is only giving you love and loyalty, loyalty and affection, and so. You don't really have to deal with complications or rejection or, you know, more complicated interactions with that animal. Like, it's a, it's a fairly simple transaction. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, you try always try and rationalise these things and, and sort of intellectualise and, oh, well, he had a good life and all that kind of stuff. But then grief come, always comes in waves. Well, at least for me, that's how I experience it, is like, I, you know, I'll, I'll be distraught, distraught, like can't function, can't even think about how I'm going to get through the next hour. And then it passes and... You know, one of the things, the great things about therapy is that um, 
that therapy, therapy has taught me is that everything changes. You know, life's about impermanence and stuff that hurts like that. It will change eventually. And there has been a lot of good that's come out of this experience. I mean, you know, you try and look at the silver lining, but so many wonderful stories people have told me about Junior, friends of mine have contacted me, but then, like I said, the people have contacted me to tell them about their dogs. Like, I've written back to so many people who have written me nice things because they've shared their story about their animal. And it, one guy sent me a photo of his four bulldogs all in fancy dress. <laughs> and it was like, I hope, you cheer, I hope this cheers you up. What was, were they um, fancy dressed as? Oh, just like different costumes. They weren't yeah. like specific. Okay. It wasn't like it wasn't Halloween like costumes. No, no. They weren't like in sync. No, no, no. Because I would like to think if you had four of them, you've got to dress them as like some, some, some sort of like, group that like has the Beatles. Four. Exactly. Yeah, the Fab Four. <laughs> yeah. British Bulldogs. It makes yeah, sense. it makes sense. Right? Uh, you're giving them all like uh, mop top haircuts or it's like Sergeant Pepper era so there's something I, I, I thought we could do is um, I did a bit of journaling mm. so I've written down my top junior moments so I thought I could give you I mean, well, maybe top, not top 10 but some junior highlights I, I love this I think this is really beautiful and by the way I don't think that you have to um, uh, ever you know point out how important you know dogs can be to your life because somebody killed Keanu Reeves' dog <laughs> And they got three movies three out of this. <laughs> and counting. Yeah. People are going to fucking pay for killing his fucking dog. All right, so this is in no particular order. Junior once ate a roll of thread, and then when he pooed the thread out, his poo followed him around the house, and he didn't realise, and he thought his poo was following him, and he started running around the house. He was scared of his own, own poo? poo. Yeah. Like a kind of Christmas poo, Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo star? Yeah. More of a, yeah, more of a stalked by his poo, poo stalker. Yeah. Not a poo jogger. No, the poo, poo stalker. stalker. Well, I mean, that would be, how would you react? If your poo was following you around and if you didn't you, know like, why. If, yeah, if you, like, you've gone, like, you've gone to the bathroom and you didn't realise that you've swallowed some thread. You were yeah. eating some, uh, what, fairy floss? Uh, fairy floss, yeah. Yeah, fairy floss, and it had, like, a bit of, like, you know, thread in it, and you've accidentally swallowed the thread, and then you have a crap, and it just <laughs> hangs out on a thread like a dagwood dog out of your bum. How would you feel about that? Pretty, I feel like traumatized. <laughs> so, after a big house party mm. back in Melbourne, I walked outside to see Junior chomping on a packet of cigarettes, mm. then drinking from a glass of beer mm. before licking out a baggie that he'd oh. found on the ground. Oh no! Oh no! Wow! <laughs> you like to be fifteen. Uh, I mean, so don't let people tell you that smoking and drinking's bad for you. Yeah. So, I mean, he was meant to be a big dog, and it's thunder his growth. But uh, so, was it in order? Was it like yeah? So, so we had a massive party, and I went out in the morning to clean up the backyard. He didn't he lick out the plastic bag that possibly contained something in it, and then go, "Oh, geez, I feel like a beer and a smoke." <laughs> no, that was in that order. I found him chewing in a pack of cigarettes. So pack I pulled, of cigarettes. Put him away from that. Yeah, said, no, and I, no, no. then I turn around, and I see him licking at a glass of beer. Mm. Pull him away from that. Yeah. And then I think the danger's Come passed. on, Rummy. <laughs> Come on, here. Rummy. He's found a little baggie. His <laughs> nose deep in the bag. Lick, 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 lick. <laughs> and what I love about that is essentially, like, you know, cocaine or something turns you into a dog. Yeah. So he would have just been feeling, like, he would have just been feeling like extra a human? dog. Oh, right. No, he just would have been like, oh, my God, I feel so dog today. Like a mid dog. Junior once said the word sausages and we got it on nope, camera. Not true. It's don't true. You've in, seen that video. Mate, he said sausages. He clearly says sausages. You know what? You dishonor his memory by putting these lies out into the that world. That is not a lie. Many people contacted me this week to say that yeah. they remember him saying sausages. Yeah, people are saying that to be nice to you Gemma, because Gemma they're was, your friends and they love you. Gemma heard yeah. that there are certain phrases that dogs can say. Yeah. One of the words is sausages. Yes. 
And so she, using her old, mm. like, Nokia, whatever phone yeah. it was, spent all night yes. with his toy trying to get him to say sausages. sausages. And at about 11 o'clock at night, she got him to say it. And that video, we showed it to everyone. He clearly said sausages. No, it goes like this. She goes, sausages, yeah. rah, sausages, rah, sausages, rah, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's not sausages. <laughs> that's close enough for a dog. <laughs> Again, I am fine with you. Again, I don't want to dishonor the memory of Junior. If this becomes one of those legendary stories about Junior that he once said the word sausages, it becomes a myth about his life that's greater than what actually happened in his life, I'm happy for that to be believed. But for the record, <laughs> in the name of truth, he, he said, never said sausages. Would you say he said rossages? Yes. <laughs> I am. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a deal. Okay. I'm willing to settle on the fact that your dog once said Rossiger's. Uh, once when Amy was staying with us, the three of us were watching TV and we heard thumping coming from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We went into the kitchen and saw Junior had gone into the pantry and stuck his head into a bag of dry food and eaten his way down to the bottom, <laughs> but then gone to pull his head out and got stuck. And was running around the kitchen bumping into cupboards with a bag of food on his head. I mean, essentially, he would have looked like the Scarecrow from the Dark Knight movies, wouldn't he? He does. Yeah. He does. I mean, it does look a little Ku Klux Klan-ish. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, once a friend of ours was dating a new guy that we'd none of us had met before. The guy came around, and Junior's never done this before mm. or since, but as soon as this guy entered the house, Junior cornered him, started barking at him, got between the girls and this guy, and was like, bark, 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 bark. Turns out the guy was a member of Landmark. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you he assa- sniffed out a cult member. Do you think that's what it is? Yes. You think that Junior's like, it's a scam. Junior's a cult sniffer? Yeah. Ever bark as he went by the Scientology building? Yeah. Just like, I'm sus on this. And uh, I don't know about F45 either, to be honest. I don't know if your dogs do this, mm-hmm. but Junior, for his entire life, he would, when he would sleep in the bed with us, he would sleep in so long that we'd have to make the bed around him. Uh, my dogs will definitely stay in the bed um, later than I stay in the bed, but eventually they will get out. You won't have to make the really. You won't have to make the bed around. Well, he was like he was like little Lord Fauntleroy. He would yeah. sit in the bed, and you'd have to literally move things around him. He would he would go like he would put extra weight. You know when a kid doesn't want to like walk inside, so they'll just yeah, go dead weight. Junior dead would weight. do that. I mean, I admire that. <laughs> that, that, that. You know what? Good on you, Junior. You're a dog. If you're going to sleep in a comfortable bed, why not? Uh, this story is our producer, Sam Kavanagh. This is his favourite story of not just of Junior, of all time. But, oh. uh, we were having a barbecue. Did he out. say that you could say it's his favourite story of all time? Yeah, well, we talked about this and Sam said, like, it's one of his top three moments of okay. comedy. Well, you're already downgrading it. That's like the sausages, <laughs> rossages incident. Uh, there's a lot of, but you know, sure, for the moment, Sam's favourite story. We're having a barbecue. And so there's about five or six people in the backyard. And I was holding court, yes. telling one of my amusing anecdotes. Signature trademark anecdotes. And I've got the crowd enraptured. And as I'm getting to the climax of the story, I'm just about to hit the button and I feel something on my leg. And I look down and Junior is pissing on my leg. And I watch everyone's eyes move from me down to Junior. Crack up. People, Sam fell off his chair. (laughs) It was like he had to humiliate me for all these people. Like like, I don't like this classic dominance move. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. How about this? You know what will get the crowd's attention? Me pissing on your leg yeah. as you're about to get to the punchline. It was like it was like a university frat house. Yep. <laughs> he he hazed me. He really did in front of all my friends. He was just like, "I'm going to piss on you for attention." Um, his name was Junior, so Gemma came up with his name for him, 
Licky Jew face. Licky Jew face. Seems, seems a little politically incorrect. Licky Jew face. Oh, Licky Jew face. Yeah, oh, Licky Jew face. I thought you were like Licky Jew face. I was like, well, it is Jew face, but you sped it up. His name was Junior. Junior yeah. short for Junior, which did get troubling because we would often shorten Junior to Jew. Yeah, and just yell out Jew, Jew. in the middle of the park <laughs> yeah. while your dog's got a Ku Klux Klan hat on. Sure. Um, yeah, okay. Ricky Jewface. Ricky Jewface. Ricky Jewface. Ricky Jewface. Ricky Jewface. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Just talking about how there wasn't God. Um, junior had many dogminders in his time. Every one of them would complain. Well, tell me with affection okay. that Junior would climb into bed with him. <laughs> at your house when they were being, or, or at wherever no, he was when being. He would, when he would stay at their place, he would climb into their bed with them. Oh. Yeah, very presumptuous. Okay. In fact, his last dog minder is a lovely old lady um, down the road. And the last time I went to pick Junior up from her place, because I, I took his little mattress that he, because he got too old to jump in our bed, so we bought him this big mattress. So I took it around to hers. But when I went around, he wasn't on his mattress. He had leapt onto this old lady's bed and kind of like when he used to make the bed around him, mm. refused to get out. Oh, no. It was very comfortable. I mean, that is something a dog can do, but like you can't do as a human being. Uh, Junior was a star of two of Gemma's commercials and the star of multiple comic strips by James Fosdyke. What did he, uh, what were commercials? Do you know what commercials? He's Colgate. In? He's in a Colgate commercial. Oh, brushing his teeth? Uh, no, a little boy is brushing his teeth okay. and he's running around his feet. And then okay. another one was for... And then he gets in bed with the little boy. <laughs> it's a really weird. interesting commercial. <laughs> uh, Canbrook or something like that. And he's, okay. at, a, he's at a family picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved being on set. But Does he get paid it, it, like when that happens? I got paid. I got paid. And I spent it on booze. I, as a, like, a handler? Yes. Yes, I get yeah, it. You get paid. As a dog wrangler. Yeah. Because I, I had to teach him the actions that he had to do in the ad. But Junior doesn't get... Did you buy him... So, like, did you... Kind of get him something special? He stayed rent-free like in parent? our apartment oh, here we go. for 15 years. Yeah, rent-free. Well, so, suddenly you've been I adding it up. I put it in a bank account. He can access it when he's 18. <laughs> Bad luck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Played the long game and wow. I won. <laughs> wow. Down at the bank, cashing in his trust fund. Started in two commercials, multiple comic strips, and then I forgot, tour posters as well. Mm. That's pretty good. How many people have wanted to be featured in like comic strips and tour posters? He's been immortalised. Gemma actually once spoke to a psychic in Byron Bay who spoke to Junior's spirit, whatever, accessed, you know, channeled his spirit. And apparently Junior wanted... Said, stop putting me in posters no, without my authorisation. The opposite. He said he wanted to be immortalised. And I feel we've done that. Yeah. Um, we used to call Junior the sheriff. <laughs> Junior of was like, I never said sausages. Stop telling people that I rossages. said sausages. I said rossages. Uh, we used to call Junior the sheriff of Slapdown. <laughs> the sheriff of Slapdown? <laughs> because when he was a professional wrestler? No. Because that's, that's what it feels like. If someone was called as a professional wrestler, the sheriff of Slapdown, slap it's be more like, like, I'm going to take you to Slapdown yeah. where I'm the sheriff. We're Something like the, the rock might say. Yeah. <laughs> no, he would do this thing where he'd want to keep the peace in the house. And so if you like acted aggressively to someone, like if I started slapping you on the shoulder or something, Junior would like jump in between us and like attack me, like try and be like the peacekeeper. Break it up, break it up. Break it up, break it up. Hey, 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 Exactly. Anyone want some rossages? Yeah, so there's some of the highlights of Junior. So the reason I brought that up is Junior's name, I don't know if I ever revealed this before, but Indiana Jones... Was the name you'd be sled when you... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. 
That last conversation at the end is uh, uh, the uh, Moroccan guy says, well, why do you keep calling him Junior? And he's gone, well, that's his name. It's Henry Jones Junior. Yep. The dog's name was Indiana. Yeah. So we thought it'd be cute to reverse engineer that and make Junior Junior. So Junior's real name is actually Henry Jones. <laughs> I can finally reveal his full name is Henry Jones Junior. Junior. Vale Junior. May you chase a wheeloo, which we, that's what we call his frisbee. <laughs> May you chase a wheeloo <laughs> in the big park in the sky. Hang on, why did you call a frisbee a wheeloo? Is that like a uh, Scottish we, or is that a... No, we had a whole... A specific junior language. Yeah, we invented a whole language yeah, for junior. Okay. He, we, we had names that he called us, like his names. Gemma was Tweak, my name was Grogo. Oh. I'm the big, loud, hairy one. She was the sweet one that gave good cuddles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He named himself Falcor the Brave. Did he? Yeah. I don't think he did. Again. Let's not. Yeah, let's put that in the fire, Mark, Mark Rossiges. <laughs> Holy shit, Will! Holy shit! It's almost the holidays again. Oh, I get it. Holy shit! <laughs> we didn't let those swears came officially sanctioned by today's sponsor. Is that right? It's in the script. It's in the copy from this sponsor. Yeah. The word shit. It's not even like uh, asterisked out or something like nah, that. Nah, man, because movement tells it like it is. Oh, MVMT. MVMT. Their watches have got you covered this season with hundreds of watches, light blue glasses, sunnies, and jewellery styles to choose from. Sunnies is uh, uh, quite topical for this recording, isn't it, Will? It is, because we're both wearing sunnies. We're wearing sunglasses inside the house. Because it is sunny inside the house, and it is so sunny that we couldn't be bothered moving the equipment, so instead... We've just put on sunglasses. Good Movement thing. sunglasses. Good thing I'm wearing my outlaw sunglasses so I can and, read oh this copy without being blinded like by an the sun. Outlaw. <laughs> because you know what the worst thing is if you are an outlaw? At the moment where you're about to do your outlawdish podcast, your thing that is outside the law, if you suddenly get a beam of sun in your eyes and you're no longer, to, you're just like, I had to maintain the law yeah. just because I was blinded at the point I was about to go outside the law. Before we started recording, I kicked the door in and rode my Harley and shirtless with a leather vest. And Which I, you do every week, to be <laughs> fair, but it has really worked for this ad read. I said, well, let's do an outlawish ad read. I said, who is this outlaw? Look at him breaking laws. You can stuff your stockings, impress your family, wow your partners, or treat yourself. Impress your family. Impress your family, It sounded like you said press your family. Well, you could press them or impress them. Press the sunglasses right up to them and tell them how much you love them. them. Like grab your family and just do some bench presses with your family? Yeah, bench press, do one set without the glasses on and then put the glasses on and you won't even feel the difference. That's how lightweight and amazing (laughs) these movement glasses are. So you can impress impress or press your family, wow your partners, or treat yourself because we know... You're dressing up with a perfect gift. Holy shit. I added that one myself. And Movement is making it easy. Beautiful curated gift boxes, his and hers gift guides. And you know what? I think gift boxes are the best because I don't know about you, but I can't wrap presents. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. Are you good at it? I'm the world's best present wrapper. You are not. That's a Okay, you're right. I like a gift box. I love it. When I know I can get a gift box, like I am like, even if there's a huge line behind me, it's December 24th. I'm like, gift wrap all of that. Exactly. Box it. Box it and box it now. You get free and quick shipping right to your door, just in time for the holidays. Um, we already talked about the outlaw sunglasses that I wore when I rode my motorbike in today. Uh, but let me tell you something else about okay. these glasses when tell I me. get to it. Okay. Movement watch. Oh, there's, there's watches as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me get this right. Your fact about the sunglasses is that there are also watches? Yeah, yeah that's weird. We've just pivoted because it is, I got confused. There's sunglasses in the first paragraph. Now you know what it is. It's probably watches. that it's holiday season and it's time to buy something for people. So you can buy them like a movement watch. You can buy them some movement sunglasses. You can probably get them some movement jewellery. Yeah, you can get... 
You can have any kind of movement you want. You can start a movement. You can have a happy movement Christmas. I mean, I get compliments all the time on both my movement watch. Seriously, all the and time. My movement it is hard for us to podcast now that you have a watch and sunglasses because of the amount of compliments you're getting. I have to go up to people and go, I have to interrupt this compliment. <laughs> Because Charlie and I actually have to record a podcast. Movement watches are designed in-house and are super sleek, clean, and won't break the bank. Outside the laws, inside the house. They Movement start, sunglasses. They start around $95. Uh, they've got clean, minimal, and really... They're clean, minimal, and really quality products. Movement has sold almost 2 million watches in over 160 countries. Do you want to be one of the... Well, I was going to call people losers, but losers? that's too harsh. Can no. you say, if you don't wear them, you're a loser? Well, you can say you have the potential to not be a loser by getting some. <laughs> We're not saying if you don't wear them, you're a loser because you might have individual circumstances that mean you can't wear the movement sunglasses, but you've actually just listened to this much of the ad read regardless, and yeah. we appreciate you that. You could be a loser in every aspect of your life, but where you'll be a winner is in that three it, inches across your face. Yeah. Above your nose. <laughs> just below above your, your nose is a real winner. <laughs> real winner. <laughs> Be the big winner this holiday season <laughs> with a gift from Movement. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash TOEFOP. Movement is mvmt.com slash TOEFOP. And Will, what are they going to do? Uh, join the Movement. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Um, the Scientologists celebrate. Xenu. Uh, Xenu Day. Xenophobia? No, that's, that can't be it. Uh, now we teased last episode. Yes, rhythm and flow. Oh yes, Are you ready to get into this? Do we have time to get into rhythm yeah, and flow? Yeah, we'll yeah, okay. half an hour. All right. Uh, I'm going to bring up the Wikipedia page. Yes, so we're good not idea. Guessing what people's names. Oh, are. you know what? Because it's also been a couple of months now since. Well, yeah, six weeks or something since I've seen. Six weeks. It's been that long. Yeah. Well, Amy's the final episode probably was a month ago, but six weeks since I started watching the. And did you series. also get into Succession or not? I've watched the entire first series okay. of Succession so far. We'll leave that for another yeah. episode. Oh, I think Rhythm and Flow will be enough. Here's, here's what I'll tell you about Rhythm and Flow. Yeah, you I spoke, can't spell rhythm, clearly. I just typed it in and forgot how to spell rhythm. You spoke, There's an H. You spoke about the two. Old, it's, it's silent, though. Um, there is two. You're right. Uh, so uh, this has been the first show in a very long time that I've gone out of my way to recommend to people. And I have recommended it to a wide range of people in my life and I've been so pleasantly surprised that each and every one of them has come back to me with like, oh my God, I like finished Rhythm and Flow. Like, you know, like yeah, it's great. people are loving it and people from all walks of life that I've recommended it to are raving about it. I'm like, yeah, this is a like... Well, someone was saying, could their kid watch it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think they can because there's heaps of swearing in it. Heaps of swearing and sort of... Heaps of Emma, Emma, Emma Fers and... Well, I guess it just depends on and n words and whether you like how much you expose your kids to those sort of things. How old was the kid? I can't remember. The kid was eight. I was like, this is too young. Probably too young. Cardi B probably terrify a kid that age. Or no, I reckon Cardi B kids that love Cardi B. Yeah, I guess so. Kids do love Cardi B. Yeah, Cardi B. Cardi B is like a cartoon character or something. I think. I think they would. Yeah. Like, they much more respond to Cardi B than they would to do you Ti. And this is going to make me sound so old, but. I frequently could not understand what she was talking about or saying or referencing. I didn't know if she was speaking like her own language or what it was. Like, does she have her own kind of like yeah. vernacular? Absolutely. Her name she for does. things and stuff? Yes. Okay, thank God. And ways that she, she has a stylized Phrasing. way of talk and. Yeah. Yeah, because she can. 
like some of its accent and like obviously background and these sort of things, but she has developed her own stylized way of speaking because sometimes she'll speak like if she's at the bank. But for I me, imagine that Cardi B, if she has to like phone the bank, right, to do some banking, yeah. I believe that Cardi B could get on the phone and do a voice that like meant that the banker on the other she wouldn't be like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that isn't how she would talk to the bank. Yeah. You know, she I was would, wondering that. Because often I felt like yeah. in the way like uh, Hans Solo can understand Chewbacca, yeah. that's how I felt like T.I. and Chance, uh, Chance the Rapper were with her. She'd say something and they'd be like, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what, yeah. did, she, what did she just say? Yeah. I, don't know. No, I think if Cardi B's ordering at a drive-thru, she's not rocking her full Cardi B. She'll be easier to communicate. I mean, is it one of those things too where like if you're listening to Shakespeare, it may take you 15 minutes to kind of get – Oh, this is the language it's, of the time. It's now much like it. <laughs> listening to Shakespeare. <laughs> all right, so do we want all the competitors or do we just want... I don't know. Let's start with, like, what do we start with? What, what do well, you I, on the Wikipedia page, they only give us the finalists. Here's what we should do. Just let's start with recollecting it. Okay. And then we can just consult Wikipedia when all we right. need to consult, all right? Yeah. So <clears throat> first episode, uh, so the idea of the show Rhythm and Flow... Um, is that they're, it's, it's much like a, a voice or those sort of shows where they're trying to find the next big rapper, the next yeah. rap superstar, yeah. right? And so... Um, Give me some of that. <laughs> so they try to... By find, the way, how much drinking did they do on the show? Uh, so much drinking. <laughs> which might also occasionally explain why you can't understand Cardi B. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the further they got into the tapings, the less you were able to understand Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi B seemed to have, be having a pretty good time most of the time, which was part of what I enjoyed about the show. So the first episode's in LA, right? Yeah. It's set in LA. Snoop Dogg's the judge. Snoop Dogg is the surprise judge. Now, did you get the... So this was for a TV show, right? Yeah. Was it Cardi B who went around to Snoop Dogg's house and asked him to be on? Who was One of them hit him up. I reckon no. it might have been Cardi. I okay. can't remember. But one of the three judges. I mean, Snoop Dogg, who has done guest spots on, like, Jessica Malboy's album. Like, is it that hard to get Snoop Dogg to do a gig? Uh, there was just an element that felt like he was surprised by it. Yeah. Even if he'd previously agreed to do it, like, that maybe he just, like, smoked some weed and forgotten that they were going to ask <laughs> him to. Likely. Like, he thought that just... The bit that they were filming at his house was the bit, that, you know, at the studio was the bit he was doing for the show. And then when Cardi B was like, I'd like you to be a surprise judge. Either he's a brilliant actor, which he could well be, because I think he probably is quite a good yeah. actor. Or he's an actor, in yeah. that moment, he was genuinely surprised <laughs> that he was going to be a judge on the show. I have a story about Snoop Dogg, which may be apocryphal. Mm. But that he once said sausages. <laughs> Rossages. <laughs> Rossadizzles. <laughs> Uh, the he, uh, so when he was doing that Jessica Malboy music yeah. video, they had him all booked to do that little guest spot, the verse. Mm. And uh, they'd flown out to LA to shoot his portion of the music video. And they had the studio booked there waiting for him to turn up. And this car pulls up, this dude gets out and says, Snoop Dogg's not doing it unless you double the fee in cash you know, by tomorrow. And the person that I know was like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't authorise that. And I'm like, well, well, Snoop Dogg's not turning up then and just left. And so this person had to Snoop Dogg arrived five minutes later, did not know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a guy who has a real good scam going. Well, this, this person I know then had to go to the head of the record company, mm. their house in Beverly Hills. You know, this is a little 
person from Australia had to find this house in Beverly Hills, like ring their doorbell and say, hey, Snoop Dogg is holding us to ransom. Can you double his fee so he can shoot it? And they eventually got the money. And so sure enough, the car pulls up the next day. Snoop Dogg, the guy comes out. They get the suitcase, goes in. Snoop Dogg comes in, does his two two hours work, goes... (laughs) It's like, how gangster's that? Like, he's legit. Well, there's a long history. If, even if that isn't true, um, it would not surprise me that it is true because there's a long history of that, particularly in the old days when black entertainers were woefully underpaid compared to white entertainers. People like James Brown, Aretha Franklin were quite famous for, you know, doing that thing of just... Where's my money? That famous, like, James Brown, I can't go on. Like, I think partly came from that idea of, like, that he wouldn't go on until <laughs> it was like, you know, fill up the bag with another $10,000 cash and I'll do... I feel good at the end of the show. I mean, that's the best time to negotiate, <laughs> really. It's a, you know, because once, <coughs> once they've booked the studio and yeah, you know, they've made the all the plans and stuff, you're like, it is that time where they're just like, oh, fuck it, we'll just pay them But double. it did feel like there was a time where, like, Snoop Dogg was just like, I'll do it, I'll do it, sure. Who, yeah. who wants a verse? I'll go, no problem, I'll do it. I mean, he's got a lot of kids, I think, Snoop Dogg. Right. A lot of mouths to feed, and he's a lot of puppies a, to feed. And he's got a lot of voices, you know what I mean? Like, he's got things to say. He can drop a verse on... On anything? Yeah, Can't sometimes he? I feel like he just hits cruise control. It's like he has a certain kind of like... Oh, when I, his, say, when I say like he has a lot to say, sorry, I, yeah, I might have confused you. What I meant was quantity-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> actually mean... Quality. I don't mean like he's got a lot of things he wants to get off his chest. It's yeah. mostly bitches and weed and stuff. <laughs> like, and how cool he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pretty consistent themes, but yeah. he's right. So he was episode one with Anderson yeah. Pack. Oh, Right, so Anderson Pack, the the drummer, yes, um, and musician. I love that part of the show because, like, the guys rapped over um, Anderson playing the drums live, and that yeah. was really cool. That was like, who went there? Chance, I think yes. Chance went to Anderson's studio and like met some rappers and heard some people, and Anderson was playing that. So already at this point, I'm like, oh, this show is going to be so much more than just like an in-studio singing show. Like the yeah. way that they're going out into these cool hip-hop artists and sort of showcasing how these different scenes well, are. Well, I think and the main difference between this and any other of those singing shows is it's not karaoke. No. Because all the verses, all the raps are original, all written for the show. And that was the bit of the show that I thought would eventually mm. hold it back, right? Because you don't know yeah, any I of the know. raps or the things. And I'm like, eventually we're not going to want to hear it. But the, this is one of the great genius things about the show is you never got bored by yeah even the bad raps because occasionally you have to show something not going well or something going badly yeah but even the way they put the show together so that the bad stuff didn't make you want to like turn off they didn't dwell on that though like normally with those idol shows and stuff and x factor there's a real kind of relish in like humiliating someone who's just completely deluded but i felt like they just quickly they showed some people stuffing up yeah. or forgetting verses or whatever. They didn't dwell on it, which I was kind of appreciated. And they also did a very good job of letting you, giving you quite decent backstories of people who would then not make it past yeah. the next round. Yeah, like you it's know, that Joss Whedon yeah. uh, strategy of giving you all this information and killing them. There off. was a couple of ones in the first episode where I was like, I reckon this kid's a real chance, and yeah. then you're like, Oh, this kid's not in it anymore. Yeah, is that the, was that that really young kid, the eighteen year old? Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I was like, I thought yeah. that guy's gone all the way. He's got some sweet flows. So like, we get on board with this guy. Yeah. yeah, spend some time telling us his story. <laughs> what about the other? I think it was episode one. The guy is murder, 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 murder. <laughs> I mean, part of me like, did. I love their reactions. That was just like, you said, you said murder a bit too much. This series actually also made me realize how ahead of its time uh, Chris Rock CB4 was. Right. Like, all the things that he satirized about hip hop yeah. in the 90s, like, is so spot on. Like, Queenie, 
with her, uh, you know, with her, uh, um, her, I'm black y'all because I'm black y'all because I'm black at a black at a black y'all. Black 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 black. Like there's all that stuff that he nailed so perfectly. Every cliche. He was the classic case of the satire being way before the time that the general public understood how it. good the satire yeah, was. Yeah, it's like idiocracy came yeah. out ten years too early. Yeah, exactly. Now you look back on it and go, oh man, you could release this movie today and people would be like, oh yeah, oh, I get this biting satire. Yeah, this is like, and most of the jokes in CB4 are still pretty on point for that world which is yeah you're right absolutely yeah um so yeah that like that snoop dog they're all drinking yep snoop dog smoking weed like and then these rappers come out and start rapping yeah so early on first impressions first episode so they drop like a verse right yeah. a couple of verses yeah come so in, that's your audition verse. yeah yeah uh, so what were you like what were you thinking early on like well i was like I found myself, because Gem and I watched it together, and uh, she's not really big into hip-hop, but she really dug it. She actually found it before me. And I would be like, oh, that guy's good. And then, oh, that guy's good. Oh, that guy's good. Like, I just felt like they kept getting better. And I was like, the standard on this show is much, much higher than what I thought it was going to be. I think that was part of what made it so great, was that this, I thought the standard was really high. Yeah. Like, and... um you know, particularly just showed you showcased how many talented artists were out there. And part of that, I think, was the process they went through where they gave each of the judges an investment. They clearly got, like, judges, you know, Cardi, New York, um, you know, Chance, Chicago, TI, Atlanta, from three of the really big, like, music scenes where hip-hop has come out of. And yeah. then they were able to go back there and, like, get in touch with that community and sort of... Find, like it was like the AFL draft or something. <laughs> they went back and found the best people on the scene and were able to sort of recruit them to come yeah. to these auditions and be part of this process. Not a lot of mumble rappers, were there? I didn't think. Well, because eventually they had that guy from um, Migos, uh, you know, that with the gold teeth, like mm. in a later episode. Like he was in yeah. maybe in TI's episode when they went back yeah, to Atlanta. Yeah. When they went back to but Atlanta, but in terms, of, competi- Miami? In terms of competitors, no, was it Atlanta or Miami? Maybe uh, it was Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. 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 Sorry, episode yeah. three. Yeah, um, yeah. There, but there weren't many competitors who came in like from that kind of mumblecore background. I thought they were all fairly uh, old school, right? Yeah, I mean, look, there, there was a variety of styles, though, yeah. like which I thought was pretty cool and. I, I like that travelogue aspect of it, you know, like where you got to go and see what the scene was like in Atlanta and, you know, you're like, you bump into, well, bump into, but you're like, you go and, you go and see Chicago and you see what that scene is and you go and see New York and you see what that yeah. scene is and the judges in each of those places. I thought that was a really great idea as well. Like mm. instead of taking the three judges to each of the places, get them to recruit. So who were the judges? Do okay. you know? Yeah, so, okay, so episode two was yeah. Fat Joe and Judicus. Yeah. Now and I thought they were mean. <laughs> so mean. They were the meanest were, of the judges. They were really tough. And, yeah. like, Cardi B was, like, yeah. cackling. Or they were being so mean yeah. and she was laughing. I was like, oh, this yeah. is hard. Like, I guess it's a New York, New York kind thing. of thing. Yeah. Like, you got to, if you can't cut it yeah. with this shit, how are you going to do it in the rap game? But, like, Fat Joe especially is, like, really yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah, Fat Joe was real mean. Fat Joe was lashing out. He really was. Like, he would also lull people into a false sense of confidence with a compliment and then slap them down. Yeah, but Judicus too. That was, they, they were definitely the harshest That was judges. the hardest one. The other two markets, you were just like, everyone's getting through. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to the finals and you're going to the finals. And New York, it was like... Okay, so back to yeah. uh, LA, there was a yeah. moment between, which I, I didn't quite understand... Between Snoop Dogg and D Smoke, yeah, where uh, he asked him where he was from. Yeah, in, where are you from? Yeah, and then yeah. they had a stare down. Yeah, 
What was, was that about? Like, make proving that D Smoke was legit, that he wasn't just like saying he was from the hood, but he was from somewhere else. Well, so I think that that I my reading of it. I know no, too white guys. My reading in of his text because reading at, South Central at the LA start culture. when on first watch because I've watched the whole thing twice. <laughs> right. uh, but on first watch, I thought it was more like where you're from, as in like. You know, where's your heritage? Like, like you know, yeah. yeah. So you said I'm from Inglewood, and then like, where are you from? But then I, I think on second watch, the reading is what you're saying, which yeah. was, are you really from the hood? Yeah. Or are you just saying? So the whole thing the was because he didn't blink or yeah. back down or whatever, and it's like, yeah. hey, that's what you do yeah. when you're from our yeah our neighborhood. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Say two middle aged white guys. Okay, so in Atlanta, it was but there was also a bit of me going, is this like a like, is this a pattern of that they would understand? Like, would D Smoke understand what Snoop Dogg was asking of him in he that clearly moment? Did. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's something of like, no, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Inglewood. Yeah, yeah. But like in that moment, you're a contestant on a TV show and Snoop Dogg is like challenging you in that moment. Yeah. It's a bit like in The Untouchables when Andy Garcia comes in. And Sean Connery asks him where, where he's from and then he racially kind of vilifies him. But he wants to get a reaction to see that this kid's tough enough to be in The Untouchables. Um, uh, in that little dicky song that he does with Snoop, uh, World's Greatest Rapper or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, the interview. Yeah, the interview. Yeah. Is that what no, it, that, whatever. Whatever that song is. Um, uh, Snoop's role in that is constantly challenging yeah. little dicky. Like, yeah. So there was an element of that. Like Snoop is the godfather. Snoop is the elder statesman going are you legit like yeah. is this all a fucking joke to you or are you like a legit guy yeah. are you legitimately from the hood are you legitimately going to tell stories of being from the hood and what it was like growing up in the hood um and d smoke had that obviously yeah. from the start he had like you know family who had been gangbanging he he was a guy who'd like could have gone that way but had turned himself into a teacher in the community like mm. he felt legit he didn't feel like a guy who was trying on didn't feel like caleb colossus yeah well he didn't feel like he was trying to inglewood on for yeah for shits and giggles like yeah. for show you know what i mean he was literally from even the though when you see like uh yeah. the defiant ones and stuff like dr dre pretty much says where we put that on for show yeah <laughs> All right, then you went to Chicago and the judges... Not were, a real doctor also, just so I don't want to... <laughs> the judges were Twister, yeah. uh, Roaster 5-9 and Lupe, Fia, Lupe, Lupe, Lupe Fiasco. Fiasco. Yeah, I love Lupe Fiasco. It was good to see Lupe Fiasco. I think I've told the story on the podcast before of the night that I went to see Lupe Fiasco at the end more and it was the night Obama was being inaugurated in the US and uh, Lupe stopped the show to go, right now, you know, history is being made, um, you know, uh, thousands of uh, miles away from here and the room was silent and beautiful until one dickhead yelled out, we call them kilometres here, mate. <laughs> well, I went to uh, see Kid Rock play the end more when Donald Trump was inaugurated. It was My a similar night. Is <laughs> He's got more money than Fort Knox. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then the next uh, few episodes, that's when they go into the ciphers and the rap battle, so there aren't any judges for that. Yep. So let's talk early favourites. Who did you like out of the blocks? Uh, and we should say spoilers, by the way. I oh, mean, if you're this far into it, we're going to talk yeah. about finalists and stuff. So. All spoilers. Um, yeah. I would have said probably Flawless Real Talk, <laughs> I thought was immediately you looked at him and went, this is a guy who has stage presence. This is a guy who has, like, confidence. He felt 
you know, like he just was one of those guys where you're like, I don't know if you're going to be the best guy in this, but I think that you have a range of skills that you won't be intimidated by this competition. So I thought he was pretty solid pretty early on. Um, I mean, D Smoke was pretty obvious that he had something going on. Um, I thought that uh, there was a couple of like uh, the women early on that who, who ended up not making it through that I was like, oh, I think she's going to go really well. Um, oh, you know who, um, what's the old man, what was his name? Oh, yeah, old man, the old, guy who's doing the kind of... Yeah, the, um, the weird old the man. Kind yeah, of character. Like, yeah, I thought he was good too. I thought he was great. Very unique, but I felt like mm. he was too specific. It was in too, it was too niche. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, when I saw D-Smoke, straight away I was like, this guy's going to win it all. Like, I just had that feeling, because I just thought he was the most interesting. Yeah. And then London B was the other one who I thought, she looks... Yeah. Like hip hop's Lady Gaga, she looks amazing in her raps. And, and she was just like tall and powerful, and just yeah. kind of had that. So like a star. She she was she yeah. looked like the big the most like ready made star. Flawless real talk, I liked, but I thought he was the most commercial. I thought like you know if uh, um, uh, uh, Louise Fonzie <laughs> is going to get a rapper on his next album, Flawless Real Talk would yeah. probably be that guy. And I also. I started off thinking he was great, but then the more he went to the competition, the less I saw, the less I liked him. I just I thought think that he was very he one did, note. He didn't finish as, like, yeah, he was like, and that, I guess that's in some ways what I mean, is that he, he felt immediately like he was good, whereas like someone like Troy Man, yeah, like better. you just felt like every week, you were like, if this series went for another 12, like episodes, Troy Man would have probably fucking won it because his rapid rate of improvement over each of the challenges, you could just yeah. see he was clearly a guy who had much more to learn and much more to grow, whereas, like, I felt like Flawless Real Talk was um, fully formed yeah, and didn't necessarily have as many places to grow and be shaped by, by what was going on. And did you find that, like, whenever they do these kind of reality shows and they, you know, interview the, the contestant and they talk about, like, how much they want it, you know, yeah. how much they want it and stuff, I always feel like, I get that, but you know, wanting it isn't yeah. why people doesn't help with the judging. Things. No, it feels a bit embarrassing, and it makes no. everyone feel a bit awkward when you talk about how much you want it. Yeah, yeah. Just have some let's dignity. just assume that everybody wants it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be it. Yeah, if they did, just up front, let's assume that everybody who's here wants this. <laughs> let's not make it weird and awkward. And and he would always like because he would always come back to like his sacrifice so much, and he wants to be a good example for his daughters. I mm. think that's great. But I was just like, mate, you need to lean off that. Because the other thing, the thing about London... Sometimes your real talk isn't flawless. Exactly. Sometimes your real talk's a little too real for but us flawless. London B and D Smoke, mm. to me, presented as like artists. You know, they, they, it wasn't about their story, their family home, or wanting it. It was like, oh no, we just create art. Like every time we, you know, we have to make music. That's what we think about all the time. And so I... It was interesting also getting like T.I.'s perspective as I guess the producer yeah. of the group because he was very much about can I sell you, you know, and I think that he immediately saw D. Smoke and London B as being marketable and Flawless, he wanted to be marketable but Flawless kept letting him down with the songs he was making and the music video and all that kind of stuff. Ironically. Yeah. It wasn't Flawless. I need to have some real talk with you, my friend. I mean, he was good looking. Yeah. Like he's definitely he he like he's got a pop star look. What about the white rapper? Ah, uh, uh, B uh, Sam B. What's his Sam, Sam B. B. Real? Yeah. <laughs> Sam I B. mean, Real. I mean, it did feel like there was a little bit of kind of uh, reverse racism. 
more of a racism, <laughs> but a bit of kind of pandering going on there. It's like we need to appeal to we a white audience. We've got to keep a white guy. Well, I just he thought... He was all right, though, Sam, be real. Well, he's... He just couldn't be real yet. His look transformed. Yeah. Like, he went from, like, what Well, the when f- Cardi B called f- him, like, he looked <laughs> like Bill, Bill Gates' Gates kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, see, I thought there was something yeah. he could have owned. Because, you know, there is yeah. indie hip-hop. Who just like, yeah, fuck, we're hipsters. We just dress yeah. like, you know, and that's a look and a style. And I totally well, get log- that. Logic plays with that yeah. as, as like part of his look. But he sort of like, he went from like Bill Gates' son mm. to then sort of more traditional hip hop gear. Yeah. But I never, I, d- I, I was impressed with his lyrics and stuff, but I just never quite, I don't know. There was some, in the same way they were talking about the dude who was really heavy set, and they were saying, they got, he didn't make it to the finals, but they were saying to him, when you're heavy set, you're already working against that. So you've got to own that. You think about Notorious B.I.G. He, you know, acted like he was the fucking coolest, sexiest motherfucker on the planet. You've got to have that much confidence. And I think that's what Sam needed, was he needed to not just be the white guy in the competition. He needed to kind of come in with something else to own it. But I just thought, I don't know. Sam B. Wise? <laughs> was it Sam B. Wise or Sam B. Real? No, Sam B. Real. Yeah, okay. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, no, Sam B. Yourself. Oh, Sam B. Yourself. <laughs> be real. Sam B. Yourself. Sam needed to be himself. Yeah. Sam, be yourself. That's true. No, I think Sam no. was to himself. He was, yeah. Like when they did Sam, his, be less yourself. When they did his whole backstory, was it was in Minnesota or something like that? Something like that. And they go back and you visit his family. It's like, oh, this is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> like all the other ones who came from like much more broken homes, like well, this is a much more interesting backstory. You're just a guy who's interested in music and found that you like hip hop a lot. And it's like, I think he needed to, like a logic order, just take it to the next level. It's like, okay, well, yeah. Yeah, lean into the fact that you're not Dick, from... Well, Lil Dicky yeah, Lil is Dick. a perfect example because yeah. he's just working comedy into it. He's like, I, I understand no. that I'm anomaly in this scenario, so I'm going to identify that and own that, that I'm this, you know, white Jewish guy yeah. in... I don't have the... I'm not from Inglewood. No, exactly. Yeah, where are you from? Not Inglewood. I went to college. Yeah, I went to college. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, uh, seen that music video for the where he swaps uh, bodies uh, with Chris yeah. Brown? Uh, yeah. It's one of those ones where because I like I find Chris Brown problematic. Oh, I, yeah, of I don't know if you've done any reading around oh, Chris no, Brown, but yeah, not a great guy. Uh, but I like Lil Dicky, and I have watched that film clip a few times, and I'm always like, I wish this wasn't about Chris Brown. Yeah, but, like I wish there was somebody. But else the lyrics in this about being Lil Dicky, but yeah, are the good ones. Yeah, that's absolutely. what makes it entertaining. Yeah. The stuff about Chris Brown in whatever, but yeah. it's the stuff about him, and I think that's what Sam be yourself. Because remember, they sort of pushing him. They mm. said, like, well, who are you? And so he started to reveal a bit more about himself. But I just felt like I was surprised he got as far as he did, to be honest. Well, uh, I wasn't because they had to keep a white person in it for a while. Just like, because it was becoming pretty obvious pretty early that there wasn't going to be a lot of white people left in it. So they had to kind of like, just, he's good enough. What about the turbo step? <laughs> What was that, guys? Like, he's a classic example of someone who was just like, I think you're too much. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you are. That is as close as much. they got to, like, yeah. an idol. Burning moment. someone. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he burnt himself. Yeah. Like, that was one of those ones where it would have been hard to edit around. Yeah. I did actually like, they, they were quite good with cutting back to the judges and. You getting a real insight into getting what the a judges. Sense. They didn't thought. edit in a fucking confusing way. Yeah. Where, like, you would get, they would let you have the moment where the judges went from being confused or whatever to going, oh, I dig this. Or you get to see that like Chance was really into that rapper, but T.I. was kind of unmoved by it. Or Cardi was really digging it. Like 
I like that the three judges weren't always on the same page. Yeah. I like that when someone started to light it up, they would you'd see the three They'd of them excited. enjoy it. Or if they dropped a really good yeah. lyric, yeah. They would like all get excited about yeah. it and they would get excited with each other, which like that's part of the joy of hip hop is you see the crowd really get into the performance. Yeah. Uh, here's what I don't like what? for future people who are gonna be in it. Artificial crowd rev ups. Let oh, the crowd yeah, yeah, actually yeah, yeah. feel it in the moment. But you know what? Telling people to make some noise and get them to yell out your name and stuff, unless it's so integral to the performance that you're doing, yeah, but then th- leave it be. Well, here's a perfect lesson yeah. for you. You know who never did that? Do smoke. Never. And that's what worked for him. Like, even when he fucking forgot yeah. his lyrics, mm. he was still, like, just so magnetic because he just yeah. wasn't – it wasn't fake. Like, the dude felt legit the whole time. Well, that was that, like, when London B, poor fucking London B, because she was fierce towards the end and I thought she did a really great job. And, yeah. Um, I can but, change, I can change. But that moment when she lost it and forgot it, she's just got – she's got a face like me. You'd happily play, play poker with both <laughs> of us, you know? Like it's hard for us to – Hide. Yeah, to hide, you know, the, the fact – particularly that fuck up in that moment. Yeah. And part of it is hiding the fuck up in that moment. Yeah. Whereas she let the fuck up. Like everyone – I was like – because sometimes when they fucked up, I didn't know if they'd fucked up or not. Yeah. If they just kept going. Whereas like – London B, when she fucked up, you were like, oh, you just fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I think you saw the most in the Rat Battles yeah. episode. Like, there were some who just couldn't do it. And I sort of did feel like, well, is it unfair? Because that's a specific style of rapping, you know. But I guess it's, we're trying to find the next star. So they. But what, what I liked about it was all the different disciplines. Yeah. Like, they did have, like, it was ciphers, then it was, like, rap battles, and then it was, like, um, you know, doing bars with an R&B artist. Like, that episode where it's like them matched up with all the r&b artists like like that was fucking incredible i love that episode getting them all to actually do a video clip like the fact that they actually gave them the fucking money and vision to do a video clip as someone who has produced like dozens of music videos i thought the music video episode was so unfair to some of them because some of them have clearly been partnered with subpar i know it's like probably four directors making six videos or eight videos of what it was but some of them were clearly not as good as other directors. Like, was it Troy Man's, the one where he did It's Art's oh, My Dream? Oh, it, yeah, yeah. That was a terrible concept that he should have been talked out of. And it was shot terribly. It looked like it was shot on, like, someone's iPhone. But is it their job to talk the artist out of it? Isn't their job to, like, let the artist make No, but there would be the a mistake? way. But if, if he came and said, look, this is my idea. I want it to be, like, a locked-off shot where it's just, like, a bunch of different scenarios and it's me trying to find my identity, blah, blah, blah. As the director or the producer or whoever, you could sort of guide them in a way that isn't going to look shit. Unless the instructions given by the producers of the show is whatever the artists want, you have to do it exactly to their yeah. letter. But I don't believe that because London B's clip looked incredible. That was like top flight, could be on TV now, clearly shot with beautiful lenses, great camera work. They had obviously all the right gear. And I just feel like... She just got all the attention. Now, maybe she did come in with a bunch of references and was like, I want it to look like yeah. Lady Gaga meets this, meets that. Maybe. But I get the feeling that sometime the director's like, well, fuck, man, I've been shooting for four well, days. there was a random element to all of it, I guess, in, in one regard, is that they were all paired with different producers at different stages. They were all paired yeah. with, like, different R&B artists. There was, it was, they didn't have that sort of, you're all going to work with the same producer, you're all going to work with the same director. There was, But when like, your life is on the line, mm. when you're going to pass through because of a music video, which is sort of unrelated to what the competition's about, I felt it was a bit unfair. 
Well, Troy Mann got through though. He yeah. didn't get eliminated based on that video. So I guess it, like you know, maybe they took that in. Like, um, the the but the way they decided it by getting them to do their sort of big awards show, like you're you're yeah. at a reward show. What would your solo performance solo performance, performance look like? Yeah. I thought it was just fantastic. Yeah, what a great way to. And that's when I thought flawless really fucked, fucked it up. Fucked it up. It would have been so more, much more powerful if he'd just gone out single spotlight on a oh. mic stand and he'd gone out and just done it. He just got but the it fact so that he wrong. was so literal, so oh. literal, and had actors playing his mother and his family oh. on stage, and it's like we get it. Like the lyrics are about your life. I mean, it, it's it, it was just he it was really too real. Up. Do you know what I mean? Like, the point is to make a piece of art that conveys to the audience what you feel, but he was actually just... Spelling it out. Spelling it out. Yeah. He was... He was. It was too important and real to him for him to step back and go, I could tell this story better if I just l- lend an analogy to it, if I just, you know... Yeah. Part of... Like, that's what D-Smoke did. Yeah, he told you everything you needed to know about him and who he was and yeah. what he wanted to say. But it wasn't just like, and then I did this, and then I did this, and this is what is important yeah. to me. You can tell people what's important to you without <clears throat> literally telling them what's important to well, you. Well, so much about hip-hop is, a, is about um, identity and posturing. And yeah. I, like, I never forget, I went to a, uh, like a festival. There's that year that Snoop Dogg and the Beastie Boys and Jurassic Five were on the same bill. I can't yeah. what the festival was. was it li- li- no, it wasn't livid. It was it's like some it was uh, virgin. There was some virgin. It was, I can't remember. Anyway, it was a good festival. It was a great festival. Yeah, I had a great time. But that was the first time I'd ever seen Snoop Dogg live. And I didn't really, I wasn't that into Snoop Dogg. I was more into the Beastie Boys and Jurassic Five. Mm. Um, Beastie Boys were headlining. He was the second yeah. on the bill. So after just had to five, put your arms in there in the air a lot. That yeah, day. that's what I remember. He kept telling people to put their arms in the air. But when he came out, <laughs> like it was just him and yeah. his hype man, and it was, that was it. And very very little pyrotechnics or very little like stage design or anything. It was just him, and it was purely his charisma. Yeah, and he won over like however many thousand people there. Like I was like, this guy is a fucking amazing. Yeah. All he did was very languidly walk around the stage and be cool as shit. And it was so magnetic. Well, that was what he was saying. Remember when he was having to go at that uh, person for not being able to dance? And he goes, you've got to be able to dance a little. Even I can dance Move. a little. And he just yeah. did that little kind of shoulder <laughs> yeah. shimmy that he did. And he was like, oh, yeah, that is dancing. You can dance a little. Like he knows, he li- just he knows all that I need to do. He's not yeah. doing like big dance numbers. He's going, I just like, I've got enough. All right, should we talk about the finalists? Yes. So this is the, the final... Uh, uh, seventh and eighth. Let's yeah, let's final go eight. to okay. yeah, final so, eight. That's good. Um, big mouth Bo didn't like her. No, especially after the rap battle episode where yeah. she broke the rules. Yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> big mouth Bo. I liked her. Big mouth Bo. It's time to big mouth go. When she was being interviewed, and I totally bought into her story yeah. and, her, and her sick mother and her grandmother raising her and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I get it. But when she crossed the line in the rap battle, there are rules in a rap battle. Will I believe what are the rules? I don't know. I don't, don't talk about rap battle. <laughs> But she got in the chick's face. That's yeah. not fair. Like it's give a verse, receive a verse, give a verse, receive a verse. The, right? the rules of the rap battle were, I mean, I, I don't know if we didn't see them defined properly because what happened with those rap battles, it seemed to get more and more heated until the well, big mouth bow incident. Yeah. Right? Did they? Did they escalate or is it? I don't know. Well, I, like I wonder, was, was I wonder that if during the day there was like, oh, you know, no. the more you see people oh, that's push right, it. Because it was that great – 
behind the scenes yeah. thing where Big Mouth Bo and that teenager yeah. went out got the shit yeah, with each other for, for, no, for reasons that you could no not with each other with yeah. the, the oh, there's right. a group the, yeah. talking and it's right. like they came in and said what do you say about yeah. us and they're like we weren't we're even talking, talking about, about you. you at all fuck you guys yeah come on guys everyone's just got to concentrate on this shit it's yeah. like well, we were we were we were literally concentrating <laughs> on our so shit funny. Big Mouth Bo yeah. should be Big Ears Bo yeah because <laughs> you're not listening properly <laughs> yeah um, yeah so bad day for Big Mouth Bo and then just yeah Went across the line. Went across the non-defined, ever spelled out to the audience line that rap battles. Apparently, you can insult somebody's family life, every single thing about them. But if you get a bit too close to them while they're rapping, which I guess makes it was sense. also just looked dumb. Yeah. It didn't look cool or no. badass. No. Like if she'd gone and stand, just stared at her nose, yeah. her nose, that would be quite cool. Yeah, if she was doing some weird kind of like. If she'd been expressionist, if she just yeah. stood there and just been like in stared your face, her down, yeah. like you know UFC style, right. But no, she was no. doing some weird like skeleton dance or something. Yeah. I'm not into it. No, so Big Mouth Bo, time okay. to go. Uh, Ali Tominique. I don't really remember who that is. Ali? Um, Ali. Ali Tominique. Oh. Don't, don't I, do, I remember Ali, but I can't remember Ali. Sam, be yourself. Oh, yeah, so Talked Sam, be yourself, him. yep. Caleb Colossus. Yes, now he's the fifth luckiest man in the competition. Like, not that good. What was Caleb Colossus's best moment in the show, in your opinion? Probably his music video, which I didn't think was that good, but that's what the judges seemed to like the best. I thought his, um, his uh, pitch-shifting solo performance was horrible. Caleb Colossus's best moment of the show for me is in the barbershop with Killer Mike oh, yeah. when they first recruit him. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. He was always chasing that. Without... He was so good in that, like that episode. I, I like again. I'm just this is early on in my love for the show, and then like <laughs> fucking in the first two episodes, Snoop Dogg and then Killer Mike are like in this show, and I'm just like, this is like, Amy's like, is this your favorite show ever? I'm like, this may be my favorite <laughs> show. Ever. And so Killer Mike's in a fucking barbershop, and they're rapping in the barbershop in front of like the guys in the barbershop, and Caleb Colossus was sweet, no yeah. beat, freestyle rap in the. Well, maybe not freestyle, but like, you know, like no beat, like no backing track, anything in the barbershop. And I was like, this guy's legit. I felt and then I don't think he ever lived up to that initial promise. I felt the same way about um, Beans. I thought she was awesome <laughs> yeah. in the first. But then, Beans was great early. But she, but then she got bailed out of the, yeah. the rap battle. I was like, oh, that's not fair. Because I think uh, there was worse people in the rap battle, but she was just on the wrong side of the ledger. That is the problem with the rap battle. I will say I thought there that should was... have been a round robin. <laughs> well... There should, at the very least, been a rapper charge. Yeah, I just assumed at some stage that some of those people who got eliminated in the rap battles would get an, like a second shot because these shows normally have like a yeah the judges get to bring back their favorite eliminated contestant or whatever sort of round. So I just assumed at some stage because the rap battles, you're right, it was unfair because what if you went up against D yeah, Smoke or, or like flawless you know real flawless real talk, you know? So yeah, and you're a good rapper. Yeah, there you could really be heaps good. better. You're like I'm better than Caleb Colossus, <laughs> but I just got beaten by D Smoke. He's going to win this fucking thing. Um, oh, the best bit for me with Caleb Colossus in the music video episode was when Chance the rapper, because he's a Christian as well. Oh, that's cautioned right. yes. him. Cautioned him about, about the, the upside down crucifixes. Yes. And we talked about this off air, I think. But it's like, well, I think we talked about this on the episode that, that didn't we get recorded. <laughs> but I was like, oh, is he cautioning that there are Satanists in the industry who are trying to slip upside down crucifixes into music videos? But you think it's more just? I think it's more that, that the music video maker who's not religious 
is using this religious imagery and maybe he'll flip a shot, maybe he'll fuck with a shot and not realise that that might come across as being disrespectful or whatever. You're, you're just going for an artistic look and then, like, you know, if you're a Christian, you're like, hang on, that cross upside down is disrespectful to me. Yeah, you know what? It's good, though. If you ever find yourself in a rap battle with Chance the Rapper, just keep a crucifix in your back pocket. Yeah, he's like a vampire. Flip it upside down. You just <laughs> Chance, you're just a clown. This crucifix is now upside, upside down. down. <laughs> he starts burning. He catches on fire. Okay, so now we're into the top four. Oh, how about that bit when someone in the early rounds, I can't remember what their name was, but their name was like Ian the Rapper or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Chance, Chance was like, like uh, uh, that's a bit I mean, too close. He's on. like, I was Ian the Rapper before you were Chance <laughs> the Rapper. I was like, doesn't matter, really mate. Ian I would buy whatever album Ian the Rapper released. That sounds great. Uh, okay, so Troy Mann came yeah. in fourth place. As you discussed, Troy yeah. Mann got better and better and better. Better and better and was like the most, in the end, was probably the most commercial. As in like you could, 10. you could see him as a modern day Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, London B shockingly came in third place. I was saying pretty much the entire series that I thought it was going to come down to uh, D Smoke and London B. Um, but she didn't have a good couple of episodes. No. Her last two eps weren't great. I thought her performance, her live performance, I actually was thought her really live good. performance was pretty good. But I mean, it's hard to believe that they thought flawless real twice. I don't live think. No, I think they said that they were judging that final episode not just on right the whole. Yeah, I think in the final episode they say that they were judging <laughs> it on the whole thing, not just on the final thing. So I think that flawless had a more consistent run through it. But I think that London B had more potential to do something great. Yeah. Like, I still work. I mean, I've gone on Spotify since. Yeah. And I've, she's got quite a few followers. I reckon she'll be fine. She's already interesting. I think all of those four. Well, how good was be, it after they recorded their original single when a producer would be like, yeah. yo, I got you. Yeah. You know, like, you anytime you yeah. want to record, I got you. Yeah. Well, but then one guy like doesn't he, say that and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I must be, because at least four of them said it, but there's a couple who didn't. You're like, oh, shit. I think that I'm not getting a free album. No, I think it was more that like fourth place and third place. All right. Like they kind of got the, you know, hey, Troy right. Man, yeah. I'll take you in the studio and we'll do a mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, you know, as it got up the Up the chain. Up like, the chain, yeah. yeah. All right. And then we're down to Flawless Real Talk yeah. and D Smoke. So mm. Flawless kind of annoyed me when they announced mm. the winner. Because he didn't let D Smoke have his moment. As soon as they announced the winner, he charged mm. over and gave him a bear hug. And mm. I understand why. He's emotional. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, not your moment. Just let D Smoke stand there and receive the adulation before you fucking like tackle him to the ground. But I think that in it's always a hard moment, that one, isn't it? Because if you're the person who's come second, like I understand what you're saying, let the person have their moment. But at the same time, like I think probably at least in his mind, the motivation is not I'm going to oh, steal no. this moment. I don't think the he's motivation doing that. is like I'm going to show yeah. that I'm excited for D Smoke. Yeah, but I felt there was also a thing of like, I've got this so much whatever yeah. built up inside me, the yeah. only way I can release it was because it was a very tight hug. Yeah. And I feel like he was squeezing yeah, he out his disappointment. Here. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I'm going to murder you in the car park. I think park. it was malicious, but I just think he... It was I'm going to murder that, you in the car park and take the money home to my family. <laughs> it was that release of I adrenaline or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. Um, but murder, they, murder, 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 murder. <laughs> uh, but then they smoke. Uh, clearly the winner. Well-deserved. Best performance, I thought, his, his final show. Him on London Bay, I thought, were the best to yeah. a live show. Oh, Troy Mans was really good as I well. I thought Troy Mans was great. And that actually... It was really Good choreography too. Yeah. Really and good he dancing. danced and like... You're right, he was you very know what I mean? Smith. Like he just threw himself into it. Yeah. Like, 
But D Smoke, like, was the most were, artistic. And you were just like, he had that Kendrick vibe. Like, yeah. it felt like art. Yeah. It felt like he was actually, he had something to say. Were you and kind the fact of that he like, had, oh, stop dropping Spanish, we get it? <laughs> Here's what I will say about D Smoke is I probably would have thought that a little bit if he hadn't kept other shit up his sleeve. Yeah. So yeah, if, that's the, all he if had. the only thing that he had that he could rap equally, because that was like, that was early on where you were like, um, yeah, and I can't remember who it was that worked it out, but that he was rhyming both in Spanish and in yeah. English. And so it wasn't just that he was, he, he wasn't, yeah, but he was rhyming in both. And you were like, okay, this guy's impressive. <laughs> but then as he went on and on, like the fact that he didn't even reveal that he could play piano until that final number and it was so integral to that performance, like that he kept extra cool things that he could do up his sleeve, it didn't really bother me about the... Yeah, no, he you know. was good. He was the most accomplished. And seeing him play instruments as well, yeah. like piano, like he played piano on stage. It's like, well, I think his producer said at the time that he'd never had an artist sort of come to the studio with more of an idea about what it is that he wanted to do. So, yeah. um, Let's wrap it up. Uh, I was going to do some mail from Patreon, but for some reason it's asked me to verify my device and okay. my phone is recording this in a wide shot. So um, if you want to support us, the best way to do that is go to patreon.com where you're going to find full filmed episodes. So if you want to go back and check out some older ones, they're all up there. There's uh, Quantum Cop, the comic strip I do with James Fosdyke, a bunch of behind-the-scenes photos, Q&As, a whole bunch of great stuff there. So you can support us. Uh, there's a recent episode. Is the Avengers episode up? Yeah, the Avengers yep. episode is so up there So we talked well. about uh, Endgame, and, and so uh, that Infinity podcast War is up there. Bit. Yeah, so that's up there as well. Um, so basically, if you don't understand what Patreon is, it's a way to support us. It's crowdfunding, essentially, and you can donate any amount you want. So whatever you can afford, every cent helps us. But don't start at cents. Start at a dollar. Yeah, let's start at a dollar. Don't let's say a dollar cents. minimum. Every cent helps, but don't send us 50 yeah. cents. No. F- send us 50 cent. 50 cent. Very yeah. happy to be sent 50 cent. I had a friend who went to R&B Fridays the other day, which is like a... Kind of, yeah, well, it's, it's now R&B it's, concert event. Yeah, and so it was Janet Jackson and uh, Fiddy Scent. I can't remember who else was on, but um, but they said that Fiddy was unreal. Oh, really? He was actually really, really good. Curtis yeah. Stone, Mayfield. the chef. <laughs> I can't remember his real name. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can go to tofop.com if you want to check out some other podcasts we do. Uh, we do Two Guys, One Cup, which is an AFL podcast, which we don't really talk much about no. AFL. And you've got a new episode of Philosophy. Yes, Philosophy um, out every week. In fact, uh, 2019 will be the first year that we've ever put out uh, a weekly episode. Every week for the year. It's and amazing. Some really great ones up my sleeve. Pretty soon you have more philosophies than Tofops. Well, you will have done two other podcasts more with more episodes than Tofop. Well, this one's catching up on Tofop. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. But no, look, it's been such a great fun year. And there is, yeah, there's a Eddie Perfect's coming up. Claire Bowditch is already recorded. There's like some really cool episodes coming up in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, Graham, There's a Graham Elwood episode oh, yeah, for people who like uh, comedy film nerds. Um, and, you know, I've heard... Graham on our podcast, you know, at PodFest and all sorts of things. There's a philosophy episode with Graham. So, yeah, there's some really cool um, episodes to come. And that. another way you can support the show, if you want to support us but you don't want to give us any money, mm. go to our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Check out some free entertainment. Check mm. out clips from our old episodes. We've got Q&As there as well. We've got a web series, Lessons for Life. Lots of great stuff. Yeah. But if we get our views up, we can monetize. Someone else will give us money. Someone else will give yeah. us money. You don't have to give us money. All you do have, have to do is eyeballs. watch something. Give us your eyeballs. Or even just give us your... Like, even just, just put it on. Just give us your uh, password. Out of the room. 
<laughs> your laptop password. Give us your Netflix password. <laughs> we just want to watch Netflix. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. I'm, I'm Charlie Flawless Real. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Will W. Smoke Anderson. <laughs> oh, I should play the outro. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Try that again. Hang on. Hey, DJ Head. <laughs> Hit that outro. Leave that all in, Michael. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.